tonight we are very excited to be welcoming Doug Filipponi from Ancient Peaks Winery. He is the co-owner and viticulturist over there and we are so excited to introduce him to you all uh, but we'll get started by having you introduce yourself, give us a little bit of background and tell us how you got into all this wine excitement. Well first thank you both for having me uh, and Ancient Peaks on your podcast here tonight or today or this morning, whatever time of day you're listening to it. <laughs> so uh, a little bit about myself. I'm uh, a native here. I was born in Paso Robles and uh, went to school uh, in the local schools, then on to Cal Poly to study ag business management, which I did do. And uh, it has come very handy in the rest of my life's work here. Uh, started a water well drilling company out of college, and uh, that introduced me to a lot of folks that were coming to Paso Robles uh, in the 80s, trying to um, find land and water to plant varietal wine grapes. So being inquisitive, I, uh, you know, questioned those folks, and uh, they were very con uh, convinced that this was the best place in the whole world to, to plant varietal wine grapes. So Having been in agriculture, myself and my drilling company partner, Ned Thompson, we planted uh, uh, Cabernet uh, in 19, starting in 1989. So been a viticulturist planting grapes since 89, planted, uh, oh, probably over those years, you know, uh, well over a thousand acres of grapes over the years. And um, in 2000, which is the turn of the century, we bought the Santa Margarita Ranch uh, in, here in Santa Margarita, which is at the very southern end of the Paso Robles AVA. And at that time, we actually had the uh, Robert Mondavi family as a lease uh, holder, and they planted about 780 acres uh, on the Santa Margarita Ranch to seven varieties, mostly Bordeaux all the Bordeaux varieties plus Zinfandel and Straw. And uh, in 2005, we ended up buying that lease back from uh, the Mondavi Corporation, which at that time uh, sold the lease back to us after having planted that acreage. And um, we took it back and we actually had the first harvest in 2005 and created Ancient Peaks from that harvest uh, launching the brand in 2007 with my uh, partners at that time, Rob Rossi and Carl Wittstrom. And I had been drilling wells for them over the many years that we've been friends and partners. And so we joined up together in 2001 and uh, started uh, this partnership we still have today. Perfect. Well, it sounds like you started off really in agriculture and grew into the wines when you, you know, by opportunity, an opportunist jumped on that area. So what was it like there? 2005, you do the first harvest in learning how to start actually turning those grapes into wine. Well, uh, that was the first harvest for Ancient Peaks. I'd had many harvests prior uh, with the grapes that we planted in the early 90s. And I can tell you the excitement of, of uh, the first harvest uh, I can still feel it today. You know, the you you go through. It takes four years, three to four years, from the time you you rip the ground till the time you pull that fruit off, and it's uh, it's really a, a great feeling to just taste the fruit and then 
even better to have it made into wine. So to answer your question for Ancient Peaks and for the Margarita Vineyards uh, from Santa Margarita Ranch, we uh, took an, a, a beautiful harvest off in 2005. It was the longest uh, harvest period in many years prior. Uh, we actually took the last of the grapes off just prior to Thanksgiving. So it was, it was quite a long harvest extended period and the weather was perfect and the 2005 vintage was was well regarded. And your area is known for a pretty unique um, soil types and just the environment that you're within. Can you tell us a little bit about what makes it different? Yes, so um, starting with where we're located and I do have a little map here that might you might be able to see if I hold it up. I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that okay? At the very southern Absolutely, end yep. of, of this uh, Paso AVA, which is uh, you know right at 614,000 acres, we're at the very southern end where the star is and 14 miles from the Pacific Ocean. So that's where the ranch is located. And it actually has its own nested AVA within the AVA of Paso Robles called Santa Margarita Ranch. So uh, that uh, that terroir, so to speak, is very unique in that we have these five distinct soil types, which, once again, if you can see them at the bottom of the page there, there's uh, these five very distinct soil types within this, this area that their grapes are planted in. So within a, a three by five mile area, there are these five very distinct types of soil, starting with the ancient seabed, of which I have a oyster fossil right here, which is 93% calcium and it's 14 million years old. This is just a piece of it. it this thing would probably be about this long, um, but it's 93% calcium and uh, highly impregnated in the soils where this particular soil type is located on the vineyard. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, the oyster ridge you'll be tasting later comes from that location where these soils are prevalent. And we also have this um, Monterey Shale formation, which is a, a kind of a, a, a well-regarded formation in the Paso Robles area. A lot of, of producers are on that Monterey Shale. It's highly regarded uh, for extraordinary grape uh, quality, as well as uh, volcanics on the Western slope of our ranch and then the granitics on the eastern slope. So in the middle, there's a rocky alluvium that's kind of like what you might call um, a stream channel from ancient times that's just full of those remnants of all of those soils, uh, which lend themselves to different characteristics in the wines. So the soil types on this one ranch are extremely uh, rare to have that many soil types in, in one vineyard. Um, then on, to top that off, being so close to the ocean, we have these, these diurnal swings of over 50 degrees, sometimes 55, 60 degrees, where it'll be 90 degrees uh, during the day where we get the warmth to ripen these grapes. And then at night, it'll swing clear down into the 40s. Uh, so we have these huge swings. Uh, and earlier in the day than, than most places in the world due to the proximity of the ocean. 
So we're blessed with the warmth to be able to, to ripen, but then have that cooling early enough to where it stops the sugar process and allows the grapevine to put more character into the, into the grapes. So those are, are a, a couple of things that are unique to the Santa Margarita Ranch as in, in being its own nested AVA. It has to have those characteristics to become an AVA to itself. And now jumping more into the actual formation, turning those wine, grapes into the wines, is there any other unique processes or things that you do that separates your wines from others in your region? Um, you know, I would say that one of the things that we we do with our picking process is we're picking with um, a sorting head picking equipment. When we use mechanical harvesters, uh, we're picking the grapes where we it it will sort the fruit on the machine and then dump the stems and small berries and any odd um, odd berries off back into the vineyard so they go back into the soil and then the just the grapes that we want for the the uh, fermentation process end up in the tank that's one thing we do also uh, hand harvesting as well but they're for specific programs so I would say as far as just in the harvesting process or or um, you know growing the grapes the, we do have uh, our own uh, setup there for uh, making compost, et cetera, from our neighbor neighbor uh, that makes compost for us. And it ends up uh, back in the vineyard off the, the grape stems that we deliver to them uh, from the process. So we do have um, that process that's kind of unique to the vineyard. And at this time now, what varietals of grapes are you currently growing on the property? Well, we have a, a fair number of grapes. We have about 19 varieties. So we grow everything from Chardonnay to Zinfandel. We have uh, all of the Bordeaux varieties, the five majors. Uh, we have um, Syrah, Petit Syrah, uh, Pinot Noir, uh, Sauvignon Blanc, Viognier, Sangiovese, Nebbiolo, uh, Primitivo, uh, regular Zinfandels from, from the Deaver clone and the Rockpile clone. And um, I'm sure there's uh, one or two others, Muscat Canelli and a couple of others. So we, we grow a little bit of everything and it's because of the fact that the um, soils and the weather allow us not only to grow Pinot Noir, but to ripen Cabernet, it's uh, it's kind of a unique property. I was going to ask. So you're growing quite a few different grape varietals, and I'm sure you've tried all sorts of different wines. Just learning like what tastes right and how to get the right blends and all of that. And we have some good ones here that we're going to taste shortly. But I was curious, um, from not so much like the professional standpoint, but before you started, you know, really getting into this industry, were you a big wine connoisseur yourself or did you kind of become more of one through work? Well, that's a great question because uh, being of Swiss Italian descent, my, uh, my, gran my grandfather and my dad always made wine, you know, over from the local grapes from the time we were 
very young that I can remember. I'm sure they've made it for hundreds of years, but so had having tasted wine that was made from the local grapes from the time I was probably 10, 12 years old, uh, until we got into the period where uh, lots of local um, wine was being produced, there were only a few uh, wineries in the Pass Robles area in the earlier years. There was the Rodas and uh, Pizentis. A uh, couple of York Mountain had a had a vineyard, but it was pretty pretty uh, obscure back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And then in the 80s, and there became uh, more prevalent in 90s. And of course, now we're, we're home to probably 300 plus wineries uh, in the Pass Robles region, all the way from a couple of hundred cases to up to close to a million plus cases. So I think the bigger part of my wine career started uh, after we started actually growing the grapes in the 90s. And that got me more interested in the different varieties and the different uh, regions, having been to Italy and France and uh, Croatia and other places in the world. Haven't been to South Africa, been to Australia, but tasting the wines from other places is also uh, gives you a, a feeling of their terroir, their uniqueness as well. One place you mentioned there that I actually, I was fortunate enough to visit uh, not too many years ago, about four years ago was Croatia. And I had never heard anyone mention Croatia as sort of a wine destination. So now I'm going to be on a hunt for a wine that was made in Croatia, actually. Um, so any recommendations? Uh, do you have you know, any recommendations? I, there was nothing I could pronounce. No, <laughs> I yeah. Could, I, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it right now if I tried. But we did try their wines. And, you know, of course, we're a little bit uh, home palated here in California. We like the way our wines uh, taste and, and the acidity, et cetera. Pero you got to also try other wines from different places. I've even tried wines down in Mexico. So you, you got to give everybody their, their shot at, uh, at your palate. Absolutely. And to get into the palate. So I regret to inform you that right now I'm a little stuffy here and my nose isn't on point. Oh. So I'm not going to have the full tasting experience that I usually like to have, but I have opened the bottle of Merlot. So that's the first oh. one that I'm drinking here. So it's the 2020 Great. Merlot here from you. So take us through this wine, first of all, while I'm drinking it and tasting it to the best of my ability for today uh, on what, you know, people can typically experience from an expert like yourself. Well, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to tell you that's one of my favorite wines just to uh, enjoy by itself out on the in the front porch, you know, watching uh, the birds fly by that Merlot. It's just so pleasant. It's nice and round in the mouth. It's got that great fruit but it's not overly fruity. It, uh, it has kind of a dark cherry kind of a, of a fruit flavor for me. And I enjoy the roundness in the mouth. It's, uh, it's not soft or flabby. It definitely has nice tannin structure. It's probably what I would call a cab drinker's Merlot. Someone that enjoys Cabernet and likes a little more um, body and, and tannin structure. However, it's got great acidity as well and a wonderful food wine. But uh, yeah, the Merlot and the Santa Margarita Ranch is probably one of the best places in Paso Robles region to grow Merlot. And um, primarily because of the cooler climate and shorter hot days. So Merlot does very well. And we've actually 
planted more Merlot on the ranch since the infamous movie that kind of took took a, a couple of swipes at it. Uh, so we've we've been adding Merlot to the to the vineyard over the years uh, because it does so well and because it's such a great grape. And it's typically going to be in most of the wines that you taste that are Bordeaux wines coming out of Paso. You'll find a lot of Merlot in it. And on that, the first thing that hit me when I took my first sip of this was that smoothness, that roundness of it from start to finish when you first, when it first hits your tongue through the time it's going down your throat and into you, it is a very, very smooth, pleasant wine to drink. Pleasant hits the nail on the head. It's got a fruitiness and a sweetness, but without being overly sugary. And then you do have some complexity in there as it sits in your tongue and goes down, but it doesn't have any sort of bitterness and it's not overly dry on the finish as well. I do think it's an excellent wine. I can definitely see this being a good sipper out on the porch watching some birds. Yeah, it's a great wine, I'll tell you. And we put it in uh, our most, uh, our, it ends up in our Cabernet and our, in our Oyster Ridge as well. And you'll find it uh, in a lot of other wines other than the Merlot. But a standalone wine, that, that Merlot will stand up to, to any, any of the others that are come out of California, I believe. Speaking of the Merlot, you did mention the Oyster Ridge. So that's the one that I have open here for the red. Um, and that has quite a few different grape varietals in there. So can you tell us that I very rarely see a, a blend that has so many flavors. And I think that that's um, really awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about how that kind of makes the flavor profile different? And then I have my glass here, which I already had a taste of in it. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful taste. Thank you. Well, and the more you swirl that, the more layers will come out of it. And that's due to the fact that, the, that not only is it a Cabernet-based uh, wine, it's, it's, it's a Bordeaux varietal uh, wine, a Bordeaux blend, which would normally be called a Meritage blend, but we just call it Oyster Ridge because uh, it, of where it comes from and where so every one of these blocks in the vineyard that are uh, red blocks dedicated to the Oyster Ridge uh, line of wine will be hand harvested, number one in the finish, hand selected. It will be small box, all hand sorted, ready back at the winery and hand punch downs. Um, the bottle, you probably have the bottle sitting there. It's, it's a beautiful package. It's the best of the best of what we grow. And so in 2016, I asked our winemakers, oh yeah, that's, and it's always nice to have a little dribble of wine on there because <laughs> it shows that, shows that you're gonna enjoy, you've been, you've been enjoying the, the, what's in the bottle. Yes, so uh, in 2016, we actually made the first one that was on all Bordeaux blend. Prior to that, it was, uh, it could have been Syrah, it could have had Zinfandel in it. It had Petite Syrah in it, but always has been Cabernet-based. Uh, Cabernet well, we uh, are members of the Pastorables Cab Collective, and I've been the president of the collective now for, seems like about six or seven years. And so I asked our winemakers to, uh, if they could make the Oyster Ridge blend solely from our Bordeaux, that if they could do it and maintain the quality, please do it. And since 2016, every year now, it's, it's been a blend of Cabernet 
Merlot, Cab Franc, Petit Bordeaux, and Malbec, the five main uh, Bordeaux varieties. And so all of those uh, wines come together to, to just create the, that experience you've got in your glass right there. And each, each component adds its own layer of, of flavor, number one, and also texture and, and, and tannin structure and acidity in your mouth. But it's, it's a real pretty wine. But I, I challenge you to keep a glass of that around and swirl it. And in 10 or 15 minutes, it will taste different, trust me. And it's, and it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lovely wine. Thank you for trying it. Absolutely. I, I was have, just going to tell you, I actually had the Chardonnay. <laughs> I thought yeah, we were going to start I have that, there. <laughs> I, have that one, I have that one here too, but we kind of did start backwards. But, you know, Nick doesn't <laughs> like to do things the traditional way. So that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> hey, I'm on your side. Whatever. As long as it tastes good, that's all I care about. <laughs> but whatever wine you want to talk about next, I'm up for. Well, since you have the Chardonnay in front of you, and I also have the Chardonnay bottle in front of me. Uh, for anybody who's looking at the video. Uh, can you tell us about this? Talk us through it. And um, yeah, I've, it's it's good. I've already had a taste of this one too, but it's it was very refreshing. I had it chilled before I took it out. So it has a nice little cool to it. Yes, it should be. I like it chilled. Uh, it, it should be um, very refreshing in the mouth. This wine... Um, it's, it's not gonna be your big buttery Chardonnay. We don't make it that way. Our Chardonnay, which you have in your glass right now and showed us that beautiful bottle of it. Uh, we'd been growing Chardonnay since about 2006. And when we started the brand and launched in 07, we launched with a Sauvignon Blanc because first of all, there's a lot of Chardonnay out there in the world. And so we thought, you know, Sauvignon Blanc being more of uh, a warmer climate wine that people would accept it a little better, which they do, by the way, and it's and it's done very well. So a few years later, we were growing the Chardonnay. The Chardonnay is excellent off the ranch. I mean, it's got beautiful green apple and nice acidity. Um, we decided to launch a Chardonnay, and we wanted to launch a Chardonnay that people like to drink. So we made sure that we included a small amount of barrel fermented Chardonnay, fermented in French oak, and then blended that with tank, uh, our tank fermented Chardonnay so that we have not only the beauty of the Chardonnay fruit and the acidity and that crispness, but also the roundness in the mouth uh, from the barrel fermented Chardonnay that's gone through malolactic fermentation, which actually softens it a little bit. So you kind of get the best of both worlds with this Chardonnay and it, and it is a crowd pleaser. Awesome. And to talk about the fourth one we have here. So I haven't personally opened it. I'm still working on that delicious Merlot, but I have the, uh, the 2020 Cabernet Sauvignon here as well. I'm saving this one to cook up. One of my favorite things to do with wine. Uh, I rarely will open a bottle of wine on a weekday. It's typically more of a weekend thing when I have time to prepare a good meal and drink it alongside a good meal. So let's talk about the Cabernet. I haven't opened it yet, but take us through some of the tasting notes. 
And then I want you to give some of your favorite uh, meal pairings for this one. And if you have a couple to throw out for the, uh, for the other ones that we've talked about here as well, that would definitely be welcome. Okay. Well, for starting with the Cabernet, the Cab Sauvignon off of uh, Santa Margarita, it's, it's uh, not going to be a big, giant, luscious fruit bomb. It's going to be more restrained, but have nice black fruits in it, black currant. You can even pick up blackberry, et cetera, in the fruit uh, components of the wine. But great acidity. Again, uh, because of our cooler climate, we have higher acid wines, which are food friendly. And any chef will tell you that if you want to blend a wine with food, you want a, a higher acid wine to kind of cut whatever the fats and that sort of thing you will have in your, uh, what I'm going to say, it's going to be red meat with the Cabernet. Um, myself, I would say a ribeye steak uh, with that Cabernet Sauvignon, it's hard to beat. Um, it's got the, the uh, acidity to, to cut through the, the, the marbling and the meat. And it's also got nice tannin structure as well to, to kind of rinse out the mouth when you've had a nice big old bite of good old Angus beef. We grow those on the ranch as well. So we're, the ranch has been a cattle ranch since the, the uh, Padres were there in the 1770s. So we want to make our wines taste good with food. Every wine that we make is going to be food friendly. So the Merlot, um, I would say um, any kind of uh, lamb or lighter lighter meats like lamb or pork with the Merlot is wonderful pairing, as well as a lot of vegetarian dishes go very well with it. Anything that has uh, tomato-based uh, um, Vegetarian dishes do very well with the Merlot. As far as the Oyster Ridge, there's, there's not a thing I can think of that you can't eat without that. <laughs> I mean, oh, I forgot to mention salmon for the Merlot. I love the Merlot with salmon. Uh, again, the if you're eating king salmon and it's got nice fat content, it's great to have that Merlot with the acidity and in, in the uh, combination with, with the meat from the king salmon as well. Uh, the Chardonnay, any kind of uh, any kind of seafood halibut uh, strikes me as the best uh, fish variety for the Chardonnay. Um, I love Thai food with with the Chardonnay as well uh, because of the, um, the spiciness of Thai food. Or at least that's the way I like it. And then the um, calmness, so to speak, that comes over you when you when you wash that down with a little glass of, of Chardonnay. The Oyster Ridge, again, any any kind of dish is going to go well with that. I mean, it's just such it's such a great wine. It's 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 hard not to like whatever you're eating when you're washing that down. I can tell you that right now. So I think that's the four that you have in front of you. Exactly. That's right. And uh, you're tugging on all my heartstrings there. The Cabernet, definitely, Ribeye, you're right on the money. That's what I'm going to end up going for with that. The Merlot, bringing up the salmon. Now, most of what we have here is over the uh, Atlantic salmon, but we eat salmon at least once a week. So I'm going to have to move on to this one. You uh, and in the next day Merlot. or two here, hopefully cook some <laughs> up to have that. And then Bianca has the uh, the Chardonnay over there. And I know she's a, they're a big fish family over there. So 
they're going to be eating a lot of that. And I'm sure there's plenty lying around. Since I'm having it with a carbonara tonight. I don't know if that's like not recommended, but that's what we planned on cooking. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to look forward to you sending me a little text or an email. Let me know how that went. <laughs> I'm sure I'm, it's going to be good. I wasn't sure what to pair with it. And I said, hey, you know what? The Chardonnay is probably going to be great with it. So we're going to we're going to roll with it. And then uh, we'll be tagging you guys and everything that we're sharing anyway, because Nick knows I'm always over here taking pictures of my plates before they're consumed. So <laughs> wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, and that's, that's very cool. I don't think that's something that we've had a lot of wineries come on and say is that they also have uh, like cattle on their property where they can actually, you know, really enjoy that very almost like a holistic experience of being able to have everything so homegrown, I guess, if that's the right word for it. So I imagine it's just a, a totally different experience being able to, you know, drink your wine and have your meat from the same area and just really be like personally immersed in that plate and just knowing where it, everything comes from. Yeah, it is. It's gratifying. We, the ranch, I didn't tell you, but um, earlier on is that it started out as a mission property became a Mexican land grant, and then it's been a cattle ranch ever since the 1770s. So we we run our own uh, sustainably grown uh, Angus cattle on the ranch today, as it has a cattle have been here for over 250 years. So we're, uh, we're very conscious about sustainability. Our wines are all sustainably farmed, and uh, we incorporate solar and and uh, wind for um, you know lots of our needs. So we look at water very cautiously because being in the water well business all those years, I know how precious it is. So we we have to do everything as uh, as efficiently as we can to save those resources. Usually the Merlot comes off ahead of the Cabernet, but uh, this year we just finished our Cabernet. After the Merlot comes off, then we're going into the Petit Verdot and we'll, we will finish that uh, Friday, Friday night. And then let's see, Sunday and Monday will be the, uh, Sunday or Monday is the Cabernet Franc will come off and then we'll be all finished. So it's been, <laughs> it's been, been a long uh, two months. Sounds like part. it must be a lot of work. It is. It's, you know, you, you work all year long to get to this point. And so it's gratifying when the last of it's in the tank and you can say to yourself, we made it. <laughs> we didn't get rained out. We didn't get frozen. We didn't get snowed on. Uh, whatever the worst things that can happen didn't happen. And, and uh, the 2022 vintage is in the, will be in the barrel here pretty quick. Well, that's a beautiful thing. And we can't wait to taste the fruits of your labors there with that wine. Thank you again so much for coming on tonight, Doug, and sharing Ancient Peaks with us. Uh, the wines that we tasted, I know I've really enjoyed the Merlot that I've opened and Bianca enjoyed hers as well. We're definitely going to take some uh, pictures, pairing up with some foods coming forward and sharing them around. So we'll look forward to sharing that with you as well. Cheers. Cheers and you have you. a good night. Cheers.
the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening.